Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so I stood up and I was just like, do not grow weary in doing good. In due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Welcome to season four of Basketful of Bread. It is my joy and purpose to hold your weary arms up by the power of the Holy Spirit as we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Together, we are going to stand firm in the secret place where our King Creator will encourage and spur us on with His resurrecting power and mighty word. This season on Basketful of Bread, it is my battle cry to intercede on behalf of the local gospel workers, the overcomers, the remnant, the bride of Christ. The harvest is plentiful. Let's work. My name is Bethany, and I'm grateful you're here. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Basketful of Bread. Um, we are going to dive in today to Hind's Feet in High Places. I'm so excited. I'm going to read chapter one to you. You and Buddy. Say hi. 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 <laughs> Anyways, um, this is an allegory story, and I think it was written in like 1950s, 1955, something like that. Um, and there is, there's so many different like versions, I guess, like republished um, pieces of it. But I'm going to read to you guys the children's book version because it is so sweet and gentle. Oh, bless you. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, you can listen to it with your kids and talk through it. Honestly, very powerful. I read it to my seven-year-old and my four-year-old and depending on your child's personality you can kind of talk through it and you can talk through the different figures in the story and who they represent and all that kind of stuff so I'm going to read the children's book version um, there is a more of an adult version you guys which is so good also so um, maybe you'd be interested to get that and to read that or listen to it, it it's honestly been a very powerful story in my life um I'm thinking back as I'm reading through this. Hi. Hi, buddy. And um, I remember when I first read through this book. Oh, my goodness. The Lord was prompting me to go read it. And um, I knew that I had the children's book copy because my precious friend Angie gave it to my oldest daughter on one of her birthdays. And I was kind of saving it to read to her when I knew like she was going to be um, able to kind of understand it and wouldn't be afraid. So I broke that puppy out. Um, I think at some point, let's see, I think I was really, oh gosh, I wish I could remember the point in time on the timeline, but it was around the trust fall period. Um, 
And I remember I'd be reading this book to her and like literally cr- like through tears just crying because I'm like, man, it really is this simple. Like perfect love casts out fear. And um, where there is torment, um, we haven't been made perfect by his love yet. And I just, that's kind of like the Lord started to try to plant seeds in me of love. Like what is love? And uh, this book just does such a good job of just teaching us what love is. I don't know why it's so hard to comprehend love. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's going to be a little series, so we'll do a chapter here, a chapter there kind of deal. Um, And without further ado. Hind's Feet on High Places by Hannah Hernard. Arranged by Diane Layton. Illustrated by Joanne Eddington. Chapter 1. In the village of much trembling. This is the story of a young girl named Much Afraid, who learned to trust the chief shepherd. It is the story of how she left her fearing relatives and went with the shepherd to the high places where perfect love gets rid of fear. Much Afraid lived in a peaceful little white cottage in the Valley of Humiliation. She had many friends who lived in the same village as she did. Many of her neighbors in the village of Much Trembling worked for the chief shepherd. For several years, Much Afraid herself had been in the service. She loved her work and really wanted to make the shepherd happy. But in her heart, Much Afraid worried. She worried about her crippled body. Her feet were so crooked that she limped and often fell down as she went about her work. She also worried about her mouth. It was too It was so crooked that it was hard for her to speak clearly. Much afraid felt that she was not very pretty. More than anything else, Much afraid wanted to be beautiful, graceful, and strong like so many of the shepherd's other workers. In fact, she wanted to be like the chief shepherd himself, but she was afraid that would never be possible. There was another even greater trouble in her life. Much Afraid was a member of the family of Fearing, and her relatives lived all over the valley. She could never get away from them. Much Afraid was an orphan and had grown up in the home of her aunt, poor Miss Mrs. Dismal Forebodings. Dismal Forebodings means always being afraid and worried about all the terrible things that might happen. So Much Afraid had lived with her aunt and her cousins, Gloomy and Spiteful, and their brother, Craven Fear. Craven means to be very afraid. He was a bully who always did mean things to Much Afraid. The family of Fearings hated the chief shepherd and were very upset that Much Afraid was one of his servants. They kept trying to make her quit working for him. And then one awful day, her relatives came to the cottage where Much Afraid lived and announced that she was to marry Craven Fear. What a horrible idea. She should have ordered them all to leave her cottage, but poor Much Afraid listened to her fearing relatives. She just sat cowering before them, repeating again and again that nothing would ever make her marry Craven Fear. When they finally left her alone, it was early evening. Suddenly, Much Afraid thought of something that made her feel happier. 
the chief shepherd, would be bringing his flock of sheep to the watering places beside the village. Much Afraid met him there every morning to learn his wishes for the day, and again in the evening to give him her report on the day's work. Still shaking with fear, she came to the pool, where the shepherd was waiting for her. She told him what her family of fearings had said. "'What can I do?' she cried. "'They can't really make me marry Craven, can they? "'Oh, it is bad enough to be much afraid. "'I couldn't stand to be Mrs. Craven Fear for the rest of my life.' "'Don't be afraid,' the shepherd said gently. "'You are in my service, and if you trust me, "'they will not be able to force you.' "'He paused for a moment and then continued, "'Much afraid, you should never have let your fearing relatives into your cottage.' They are enemies of the king whom you serve. I know, oh, I know, cried Much Afraid. But whatever I meet any of my relatives, I feel so weak. As long as I live in the valley, I will keep meeting them. They are everywhere. Now I will be too afraid to leave my cottage. Much Afraid looked across the valley and river to the beautiful mountain. She cried out with all her heart, Oh, if only I could leave this valley and go into the high places. The fearings and the other relatives could never reach me there. To her great surprise, the shepherd answered, I have waited a long time to hear you say those words, much afraid. It would be best for you to leave the valley and to go to the high places. You need to live in the kingdom of love. No fear of any kind are there because perfect love gets rid of fear. Much afraid stared at him in amazement. Go to the high places, she exclaimed, and live there? Oh, if only I could. For months I've been thinking about it, day and night, but it's not possible. I could never get there. I am too crippled. She looked down at her crooked feet, and her eyes filled with tears. The mountains are so steep and dangerous. I have been told that only deer can move on them safely. Dear reader, from now on we will refer to deer as hearts and hinds. Hearts are a kind of male deer and hinds are female. It is quite true that the way up to the high places is both difficult and dangerous, said the shepherd. It has to be so that nothing which is an enemy of love can get into the kingdom. Nothing crippled or deformed is allowed and the people who live there do need hinds feet. I have them myself, he added with a smile, and I can go leaping on the mountains with the greatest of ease and pleasure. Much afraid I could make your feet like hinds feet too and set you upon the high places. You could then serve me much better and be out of the reach of your enemies." Much afraid stared at him, making my feet like hinds feet, she repeated. How is that possible? What about my crooked, ugly mouth? It is true, 
said the shepherd, that you would have to be changed before you could live in the high places. But if you are willing to go with me, I promise to help you up on the mountains. As you get closer to the high places, the air is so clean that it will strengthen your whole body. There are healing streams where everything that is not beautiful is washed away. There is something else I must tell you. No member of the fearing family can enter the kingdom of love. You will have to be given a new name. Are you willing, much afraid, to be changed completely and to be made like new, like the new name you will receive? She nodded her head and said, Yes, I am. The shepherd put his hand upon her heart and she felt sweetness and pain mixed together. I plant this seed of love in your heart, he said. When it blooms, you will receive a new name. There is one more thing I must tell you. I will take you to the foot of the mountains myself so that there will be no danger from your enemies. From then on, you will not see me all the time, much afraid. But I will be able to hear you whenever you speak to me. Whenever you call for help, I promise to come to you at once. Two special helpers will guide you on your steep and hard places while your feet are still crippled and you can only go slowly. I have chosen them myself. Will you accept them with joy and let them be your helpers? Oh, yes, she said at once, smiling at him happily. Of course I am quite certain that you know best and whatever you choose is right. Then she added joyfully, I feel like I will never be afraid again. The shepherd looked at her very kindly. No one understood better than he that growing into the likeness of a new name takes a long, long time. But he did not tell her so. Instead, he said, Now you may go home and get ready. Do not tell anyone about your journey to the high places. It needs to be a secret. Be ready to come when I call. Much afraid left her meeting with the shepherd, feeling as though she would never be afraid again. She began to sing one of her favorite songs from the great book, the book that the shepherd loved to sing from as they worked among the flocks and led them through the fields. Happily, she walked along when suddenly she saw craven fear. Poor much afraid. Her heart filled with a terrible panic. She looked right and left, but there was no place to hide. Craven fear was coming right toward her. Well, here you are at last, little much afraid. So we are going to be married. What do you think of that? He pinched her as though trying to play, but it hurt her very much. Then he grabbed her and poor much afraid cried out in pain. Suddenly Craven fear let go of her and backed away. The shepherd was there. One look at his flashing eyes and uplifted shepherd's staff was more than enough for that bully. Craven Fear turned and ran away. 
much afraid, started to cry. Of course she should have known that Craven Fear was a coward. All she needed to do was call for the shepherd, and that bully would have run away at once. Now her dress was torn, and her arms were bruised, and her heart was full of shame. She didn't dare look at the shepherd. She supposed that he too was thinking how silly she was to be afraid. But if she had looked, she would have seen how tenderly the shepherd watched her as she limped towards the village. Much afraid, woke early the next morning, and all her fears were gone. Her first thought was about the shepherd. Probably sometime today, she would start for the high places with him. This so excited her that she could hardly eat her breakfast. She began getting ready for her journey. She sang a song from the shepherd's great book. All morning, whenever she thought of the shepherd, she would run to the door or the window to see if he was coming to call her. By noon, he still hadn't come, but some others came. All of a sudden, before she realized what was happening, there was a trampling of feet and many noisy voices. And then she was surrounded by a whole army of aunts and uncles and cousins. Leading the pack was Aunt Dismal and her daughters, Gloomy and Spiteful. Next was Lord Fearing himself, followed by Coward. They rushed right into her cottage and locked the door. The whole family talked on and on about how she needed to spend more time with her relatives and how her marriage to Craven would be the best thing for her to do. They told her that she could help him become a kinder and better person. Much afraid sat and listened to their voices. Suddenly they all heard something outside. In the distance was the sound of a man singing one of the songs from the book, which Much Afraid loved so well. Then the singer himself came in view. Slowly passing along the lane, it was the chief shepherd, already leading his flock to the watering place. As she listened to his song, Much Afraid realized that the shepherd was calling her to go with him. But here she was, locked in with her terrible fears and unable to respond to his call. She did not realize that the fearings were holding their breath in case she would respond. Because if she did, they would run wildly out the door. Poor Much Afraid was too frightened to call. And then it was too late. The next moment, she felt Coward's heavily hand, heavy hand on over her mouth and many other hands tightly holding her down on the chair. When they were very sure the shepherd was gone, they let her go and realized much afraid, had fainted. They would have carried her away right then and there, but decided it was too dangerous. The people of the village would soon be returning from their work. The fearings decided to wait until the dark when no one could see them. And then they would take her to marry Craven Fear. They laid much afraid on her bed and they started looking through her cupboards for something to eat. Gloomy was told to watch much afraid in case she woke up. Gradually she did wake up and nearly fainted again when she saw her cottage still full of fearing relatives. She didn't dare call for help because all her neighbors were away at work. But were they? Just then she heard the voice of her neighbor, Mrs. Valiant. Valiant means to be very, very brave. Gloomy was quite unprepared for what happened next. Suddenly, much afraid, jumped out of her bed and shouted through the window as loudly as she could, Valiant! Valiant! 
Come help me. Come quickly. Help. Mrs. Valiant looked across the garden and saw Much Afraid's terrified face at the window. The next moment, the face was jerked away and the curtains were closed. That was enough for Mrs. Valiant. She hurried to the cottage and tried to open the door, finding it locked. She looked in through the window and saw the room full of Much Afraid's relatives. That brave lady put her head right in through the open window and cried out with a loud voice, Out of this house you go this minute. Every one of you, if you are not gone in three seconds, I will call the chief shepherd. This cottage belongs to him, and you'll be in big trouble if he finds you here. Immediately the door was unlocked, and out poured the fearings, tumbling over each other in their hurry to get away. Mrs. Valiant smiled in satisfaction as she watched them run, and then she went into the cottage to Much Afraid, who was still shaking with fear, and heard the whole story of what had happened. Mrs. Valiant made her a nice hot cup of tea and fixed her supper from the food. The fearings had been ready to eat, and then she cleaned up the mess the unwelcome visitors had made and tucked Much Afraid into bed. Before leaving the cottage, Mrs. Valiant put a bed, put a bell beside the bed. If you need help during the night, just ring that bell, she told Much Afraid, and the whole Valiant family will come over right away. Then Mrs. Valiant left, carefully locking the cottage door and taking the extra key that Much Afraid had given to her. For hours, Much Afraid laid in her bed, unable to sleep. Her body was bruised and her mind was troubled. There was something important I was supposed to do, she thought, but she couldn't remember what it was. Finally, she fell asleep. She woke suddenly an hour or two later, and she sat straight up in bed. The place in her heart where the shepherd had planted the seed of love was throbbing with pain. Now she remembered what had bothered her before she had fallen asleep. The shepherd had called as he promised, but she hadn't gone to him or even answered. What if he thought she had changed her mind and didn't want to go with him? What if he had already gone and left her behind? The shock of that thought was awful. Much Afraid had to see herself at once, if he had really gone away and left without her. She got out of her bed, dressed as quickly as, sh as her shaking fingers would allow her, and unlocked the cottage door. Opening the door, she went out into the darkness. A hundred craven fears on the lonely streets of much trembling could not have stopped her at that moment. As Much Afraid started off to look for the shepherd, she went as quickly as possible with her crooked feet limping along the village streets towards the open fields and the sheepfolds towards the watering place. It was almost dawn. Would he be there? Just as the sky turned red above the mountains, she saw him. He was there, standing by the pool, looking toward her with the light of the sunrise shining on his face. As much afraid stumbled toward him, he stepped quickly to her side. She fell down at his feet, sobbing. Oh, my shepherd, take me with you. 
And you, as you said, don't leave me behind. I knew you would come, he said gently. But much afraid, why are you not here at the pool as usual last evening? Didn't you hear me when I passed your cottage and I called you? I wanted you to be ready to start with me this morning at sunrise. I am here now, said Much Afraid, still kneeling at his feet, and I will go with you anywhere. Then the shepherd took her by the hand, and they started towards the mountains. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart.